Welcome to MPT Podcast. This is Pastor Tim Wilbanks. We pray that this Word of God will bless your life and ministry increase God's blessing upon you. I know that God has moved in such a mighty way the past couple of weeks, and I feel I come to you tonight heavy burdened. Because I, I don't believe that God, as I always talked about this morning, God's not through with us yet. And He's got more for us to possess. And I, I truly, truly believe in my heart. And I, I don't feel it on the emotional level, but I feel like God is ready to burst something that we've experienced before, but we haven't fully obtained all that he has and it's been prophesied to us time and time again and I, I come to you humble tonight and heavy burden and I want to thank you brother Wilbanks for this opportunity to come and God I heard a, a prophet talking one time or our brother or Mark Morgan who was talking about how sometimes God will speak to us but if he's not speaking to us there's one of two things that, that you're going through you're either in the will of God and you're walking in his path and he doesn't have to correct you or you're so far off course and you tuned him out that you don't even know what he sounds like anymore but I believe that we're in a place right now where God speaks to us freely and a couple weeks ago God dropped something in my spirit and I haven't heard anything since so when Brother Wilbanks messaged me the other day I said well God I, I know what it was for and so tonight I come to you with a thought that God has placed in my heart in Joshua chapter 1 verses 1 it says now after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord and it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun Moses' minister saying Moses my servant is dead now therefore arise and go over this Jordan Thou and all this people, and unto the land of which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that thou soul of your foot shall tread upon, I have given it unto you, as I said unto Moses. And from the wilderness into the land of Lebanon, even into the great river, the river of the Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, and of the great sea towards the going down of the sun, to all your coast, there shall not be any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Dear God, I thank you for this opportunity to come into this house and to share the burden that you have placed upon me. God, I ask you to anoint my mind and my ears to hear what you would have to say. Anoint my eyes to see what you would have to show us. God, anoint my lips to speak with your anointing and authority. God, to, to share with them what you have placed in my spirit. God, we ask you tonight that you'll move in this place in such a divine way. God, that we'll leave this house changed forever in Jesus' name. Come on, can you help me right now give God another hand clap of praise? Come on, he's worthy. Come on, you are such a great and mighty God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
God, we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Come on, how many feels God in this place tonight? Come on, if you feel him, can you give him one more hand clap of praise as you're seated? Throughout the years and the courses of my life, being here and growing up in this place, I've got to witness uh, a lot of different things and, and witness a lot of different stories and testimonies that, that I've shared through or experienced and encountered as people shared throughout my life and the testimonies of how they've got to this place and how they have got walk, throughout their walk with God, He has brought them this far and what it took to get them here and all the trials and the tests that they have encountered and how God had somehow or another brought them through it when it seemed to be no other way. And I have learned throughout this walk in life with God that we'll encounter a lot of different strange and unusual things. Throughout our walk with God, you may have experienced the presence of angels, and you've known it, recognized it, seen it, or felt it. And in this walk with God, you may have even had visions, or you've seen things in the Spirit that you, at that point in time you really didn't understand, but yet you, encounter, you, you came to a place that you encountered the Spirit of God so greatly and so strongly that He gave you a vision, or that you might have experienced a dream. Or you might have been sitting there and all of a sudden that you just felt such a powerful presence of God that you felt healing in this very room. Throughout the years of being here, I've got to, I've personally gotten to witness miracle after miracle where, where we've seen uh, legally blind eyes healed and they lead without wearing prescription glasses or, or people would come in with a tumor or not and they would go and they could testify that it's no longer there but in and, 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 and all of these encounters that we have in our walk with God there's something that we continuously feel within our spirit that draws us back to this place that we don't quite fully understand why we find ourselves time and time again at this place. We open up our story with the book in the book of Joshua. For Joshua is ready to go and to cross the Jordan for the second time in his life. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 1. In 19, is Moses goes to re, recount the story and the history of the children of Israel and how they got to where they are. In the book of Deuteronomy, we read the story of how Moses led in following after the voice of God. It led them into the across the Red Sea and across, and I, I guess to recap what Brother Wilbanks preached this morning, I'm here to tell the rest of the story. They, they finally get through the 11-day journey to get them to the Red, to the sea of, or the river of Jordan. And here is where Moses begins to recap the story, and he says that we have sent out 12 spies to spy out the land, and yet they come back to tell us how great it was, how plentiful it was, how fertile it was, how beautiful it was, how great the cities are, how great the vineyards are. And how sweet the vineyards taste and how great the honey is and how sweet the water is in that throughout the land and how great it's going to be when we possess this land. And they come back and they begin to tell the story but yet we find that there were still ten that said yes it is great. 
Yes, it is plenteous. Yes, it is beautiful. Yes, God said that we can possess the land, but you don't see how great the tests and the trials are. Did you see how great the Anakins are, how tall they are, how strong they are, how big their walls are? How can we ever possess? We don't even possess an army, so how are we going to conquer these great cities? Because we thought that when we left the city that God would just hand it over. But yet now they find that Moses said the Lord told them to go and possess the land. So they come back and there with fear in their heart. They find ten of them find themselves telling how great it is but how fearful they are. And I was talking this morning at dinner or this evening. And there's two characteristics of or there's two different distinctions, or the distinction between scared and fear. You can be scared of heights, and you can have the fear of heights. I have a touch of both. I am fearful of heights. But if you talk me up enough, I might be able to jump off the cliff. But the difference between being scared and being fearful Walking up to a cliff and being scared because you're so high doesn't keep you from jumping off into the river. But it's the fear that arrests us and keeps us captivated that we can't physically even force ourselves off the ledge. So the ten spies find themselves so fearful even after the voice of God spoke through Moses telling them to go forth. I'll be with you. Go and possess the land. I'm for you. I will be there with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. But I will be there with you. But they allowed fear to captivate their heart and arrest them on this side of Jordan. There's a... I'm the kind of person I see something, I hear something, or, 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 or an, art, an article, or a reel, or something on, on Facebook, and it captures my attention and it intrigues me. And I was listening to somebody talk about a scientific study that they are doing. In, in science, I have learned that from the reason it intrigues me so much is because it only consistently, nonstop, proves the work of God, the creation of God. Everything that we see, everything that we are as beings, our body structure, it all, even the DNA, the way our DNA is grafted in the design of it, it testifies of God's power and of His glory. And it reflects something out of the Word of God because even the strand of DNA, said, they say it's designed after the ladder, uh, uh, Jacob's ladder. It's a twisting staircase. And so when I heard this particular article, it just really intrigued me. And I began to, to look at it and to study it, in, or not even study it. I, I, my, my intelligence don't go to this depth, but I was intrigued by what he had to say. Professor Brian Green is a theoret theoretical physicist, and he is studying out the uh, the theory of string theory. Has anybody ever heard of string theory? Anybody? All right. String theory is the study of the buildup and the makeup of everything that exists. String theory goes beyond cells. It goes deeper. 
Dr. Green or Professor Green said if you was to take an orange and look at it, and you look at it and says, what is an orange? This is what string theory does. It enlarges it and looks deep inside the orange, and it begins to, to look at its cell structure. Then it goes beyond its cell structure and look at its electrons, and then, or look at its nucleus, and look at the protons and the neutrons that build up the nucleus. And then it goes even further down past the neutrons, which is to its basic structure, which is called a quark. But in cell and string theory, they're trying to research it and to go deeper. And in string theory, what it is, it says that if you was to describe it, it is a uh, you split the the quarks and you look into the very core of the quark. It is a strand, a fiber strand that is that if it's plucked at the right place that it vibrates at a frequency that draws other strands to it but they all play at a different note he said it's like you pluck a string on a violin and it vibrates at a certain frequency that when another string is plucked at the right frequency they harmonize together and so at the very core of all of our structure and all of our being is a string that is played and it vibrates at a frequency that holds everything together that is together. Everything in this world is held together by the vibration of strings. And it, when I heard this, I was intrigued. And I was like, wow, that's pretty powerful. I wonder what it's saying. And then all of a sudden in my spirit, the way my brain works, it says, let it be. Let there be. B. From the beginning of time, the very core structure of all that exists, we're all formed and held together by the very word of God that simply states, let there be. Even science is trying to prove that there's a vibration in strings that hold us and binds us all together. Everything that holds me and makes me me is a string that repeats constantly throughout this time and existence of time and space. There is a voice that echoed from the very beginning and said let there be and because of the power and the authority and the vibration of that word his voice has reigned in echo, echo throughout time and space and so here we find Joshua here we find him here at the, the shore of the Jordan yet again and we, he doesn't and he got to this place because there's something down in his core that will not let him walk away from the Jordan. In the book, in the book of Mark, we find the story Jesus is with a multitude and he's already talked to them. He's been teaching to him. Then he turns to the disciples and he simply says, let us go over to the other side. Simple enough. So they find themselves getting on the boat, stepping, stepping out onto the boat. And, and some, in one translation said a small ship. So they get on this smaller boat and they begin to cross the sea. And these are no amateur boatmen, shipmates, shipmen. They're not any amateur. They grew up on boats. These are fishermen. Some of them are professional, full-time, contracted fishermen, which to me sounds like one of the most incredible jobs that you could have. But 
He's no amateur. It's not the first time he's ever been out on the boat. It's not the first time that he's encountered the water at this time of year. So in himself, he knows that there's a possibility of a storm. He knows what time of year it is. He knows where he's at. He knows how the winds might blow off of the great mount across the sea because it's not his first time on the water. This is where he grew up. This is all that he ever knew. This is what he was doing when he encountered Jesus. And so we find him and they're out on the boat. They begin crossing and all of a sudden they just blew in a storm out of nowhere. And they began, the Bible says, then they grew fearful within themselves. They was arrested. They couldn't go beyond uh, their fear into faith because they was just captivated by what they seen and felt because they seen the size of the storm and the size of the boat. And so now they began to look for Jesus and they said that he is asleep. He gets up. They wake him up. And... He looks at him and says, how be it with ye of little faith is one translation, one way that it's said. How, how, why do you bother me with this? Why are you so fearful of ye of little faith? You would, how, how can you be with me and not believe that my word still stands? What word? Let us go to the other side. It didn't say that let us begin our journey. It said let us go to the other side. And so we find that Jesus was disappointed in them because of their lack of faith. Not in the lack of faith of what he was capable of doing, but because he spoke into their life and they doubted the very authority that they had. The same thing happened with the ten spies and even Moses. So we go back to the story of Moses and the disciples, or Moses and the children of Israel, I'm sorry. And we find that In them, there's a struggle. They know that what God told them to do, and there's something in them that was created in them that is unsettling in their spirit. And it's the very Word of God. In our encounters throughout our walk in life as Christians and children of God, most of us here have encountered being filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in His name. And the day that you received that, you received the Spirit of God. And from that point on, there began to be something growing in your spirit and in your life that is consistently unsettled. There's that vibration that in your creation that begins to draw you to things that you don't fully understand what it is. And even as a child, you may, like we've talked about earlier, you may have had encounters with angels, and that yet you find yourself continuously having the encounters with angels or visions or dreams. And, and right now, we're at this place in our walk with God in Middleton, Tennessee, that we have been prophesied about, that we've experienced about. But yet, this is not the first time Joshua found himself on the edge of the Jordan. This isn't the first time we found ourselves at an encounter with the supernatural here in Middleton. It's not the first time that you have witnessed healings. It's not the first time you've experienced God stirring your heart or stirring your spirit and trying to draw you into prayer. 
It's not the first time that you've had a vision. It's not the first time that God spoke revelation into your heart. It's not the first time that you've encountered it. But you was, you've been here once before. We've been at this place before in our walk with God. We have encountered the spirit and the very voice that said, Hey, go pray for that person. I want to heal them. But yet we find ourselves captivated. And fearful, and so we arrest ourselves to our pew and white knuckle the back of it, and we refuse to step out. This isn't the first time that God has spoke to you or pulled at you. I remember as a youth, I physically remember sitting over here in the second pew, right here on the end. I physically can remember at one point in my time where I felt God nudging me and pulling me to go pray for somebody. And I was asking and seeking God, God, I'm, I, need a, I, I think you're calling me. Are you calling me? Are you not calling me? God, what are you wanting to do? And I remember physically standing there and feeling Something just pulling at my chest. Just pulling me. And I'm like, God, I want you to use me. And I, he's like, well, go pray. I was like, no, I want, you know, go fish. Let's try something different. But I found, my, I, I, I found myself there. And I can remember physically feeling God pull me. Saying, come to me. Come with me. Come with me. Go this way. God has led us to this river before. And as elders in this church, this isn't your first encounter that God has wanted to use you in this realm of the supernatural. Because there's been a stirring in your heart and in your spirit that is unsettling, that you don't know what it is, but you come to the house of God and you just feel something that keeps drawing you to this altar. You feel something, it's not just conviction, it's the spirit of God that is speaking and it's, and it's just stirred in your heart and you're beating. And you feel the vibrations from the top of your head to the sole of your feet because it's not the first time God has spoken to your life. It's not the first time you've encountered angels. It's not the first time time that you've encountered a gift of prophecy it's not the first time you've encountered healing but there is something that is within you that keeps stirring and saying I need you to step out I need you to go pray I need you to go and speak I need you to go and do my work come on there's still a gift and a stirring in this place this isn't the first time we've stepped on the shore of this river but this can be the day that we begin to step out into the water and begin our journey across to possess what God has promised us when Joshua and the children of Israel we were opening text when they got to this place they said go and prepare because the same word that I give Moses, I give to you and the children of Israel. But you have to remember, the first time Joshua was there, he was little over 40 years old. The first time Caleb was there, well, he was 40 years old. This isn't the first time that they've come encountered with this presence of God. If you look back at the, with Jacob, he had already left his father's house. He had already been blessed. He had already been prayed over and anointed by his father. He had already purchased the birthright of his father from Esau. But now he has stolen the very blessing of God from Esau. Now this isn't just any kind of blessing. It's not just let me pray for you. 
Because Esau even asked him, he said, can you not pray the prayer again? He said, I can't. I have nothing left. He gave him the covenant, the very anointing, the very mantle, the very gift that God gave Abraham. Then he passed it down to Isaac. And now he's passed it down to Jacob. And Jacob finds himself fleeing and going to Laban's house. And he's there on his journey. Brother uh, Emery talked about it. He encountered the, the altar. And there was a portal there where he laid his head down. And he began to dream things. And he had, at this moment in time, he had an encounter with God. Is there anybody in this house ever had that kind of encounter? Where you was riding down the road and you don't know how to explain it, but you felt something there. You don't know how to explain it, but you seen something while you was riding. You God give you a vision. Or you just felt like, hey, I don't believe this is the end of the story. There's going to be a healing there. I remember, was it, last week, Brother Josh said, I don't believe that this is the end of it. I believe God is going to heal Sister Darlene and there's going to be a great testimony in this and that Sunday, the, te- the report had done turned around. She was already talking. That was an encounter. At our very core being, in our structure, down to the very strings in our being and creation, the very thing that holds our cells and molecules together is the Word of God. And in that Word, there's always been a longing Even when you've been lost and you walked away from God, there is something in your being physically could feel, this is not the place for me. Because you have had an encounter with the presence of God once upon a time. And therefore your spirit, your very physical being can be sick and and toss and turn and anxious and have a physical appearance of anxiety because you're not where you're supposed to be. That was created in the very word of God. When he spoke in the beginning, let there be. And it's echoing throughout our life. So now, we've, we've had that encounter with God. We've had the dreams and we've had the vision. And now Jacob goes on. And 14 years later, he's on the way back. He doesn't know what to do. He's about to encounter his brother that's already there. He's already made it up in his mind. If I catch you again, Jacob, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to rob you of everything that you robbed me of. And Jacob now realizes and knows, hey, I have no way around this. I have to face this valley. I have to face this giant. I have done a, I've done got to the place there's, there's no other option. So what do I do? There was a stirring in his heart and he found himself going back to the place where he encountered the dreams. But the difference this time, he has 14 years of experience of fighting. 14 years of learning how to work and to possess what he desires and what he wants. Because for 14 years, God said, hey, you got to work for Rachel. You got to work for, you got to, if you want it, you got to labor for it. And for 14 years, he began to labor for something which was only putting in his spirit what he needed to, to accomplish and possess that anointing so now Jacob is to the place where he has nowhere else to turn and he goes back to that same place where he had an encounter with God and he began to seek after his face and he and he encountered an angel and he began to wrestle with that angel all night but one thing that he had today that he didn't have 14 years ago is he had a determination and wisdom and knowledge because now 
Jacob knows how to handle this gift. So now Jacob wrestles with the anointing and the spirit all night long until he finally possesses his gift. God is in the in this city of Middleton right now. And we've encountered the gifts, but God is trying to tell the spirit. It's what I feel in my, my heart. And that's what I feel God is trying to say. You've been here before. You've experienced it. Now, 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 Joshua's the time to possess those gifts. Now's the time to begin to dream those dreams. Now is the time to begin laying on of hands and operating in the gift of healing. Operating in the gift of faith it's not yesterday when you encountered it it's today you are to possess the land I truly feel I truly feel that God has been 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 giving in prophecy and in visitation and encounters and in dreams of what he wants to do with you and in this body so now Joshua finds himself at let me check the time Joshua finds himself yet again at the Jordan River for the second time. And he's had 40 years of experience. 40 years of watching God do miracle after miracle. Every morning he woke up, he witnessed a miracle. Every day that he ate supper, he witnessed a miracle. Every time they went into a city with Moses and they began to fight, they would see a miracle. Because every time they were there, God did something different. He possessed and he conquered the city some, some way different than the time before. What was he doing for 40 years? He was showing him every opportunity. Hey, I don't always work in healing but I'm going to work in prophecy he's trying to show him that hey that you've had all of these encounters every morning that you got up and that you wasn't dead when the enemy said you should have been dead God was with me God spoke in the beginning and said told Moses take the children of Israel across the Jordan and possess those promises possess the promised land possess those vineyards but now Joshua finds himself here 40 years later, witnessed all that he has witnessed. 40 years later, witnessing all that God could do with them. And now it is his time to step onto the shore of the Jordan. And the people and the children of Israel behind him, waiting for him to say, let's go. The last time he was there, he was about 40 years old. Or Caleb was 40. And so now, the people in the congregation that is going to cross this river with him, the last time that they were there, they were children. The last time they encountered this place, they knew nothing. They had no idea of what God wanted and what was for them on the other side. Young people, this is what God has is, is, is stirred in my heart. The last time we was at this place in our life, that you've had visions, that you've had dreams, they were babes. They were children. They never witnessed the angels. They never was delivered. They never seen you delivered out of alcoholism. They never seen you delivered out of, out of the drugs. They never witnessed that. But now they're here facing the Jordan. And so now Joshua says, what do we do now? He said, I've been here before. 
I'm nobody's fool. I'm going to send out some spies. Don't know their names. Don't know where he found them. But I know after 40 years of experience, it wasn't somebody with unlike-minded faith. He got two people that agreed with him that no matter what you see, God's going to give it to us. No matter what you encounter, God's going to give it to us. No matter what you face tomorrow, God's going to give it to you. No matter what you see, no matter what they tell you in Jericho, what, and because that's one of, the, one of the instructions you have, go spy out the land, but especially Jericho. No matter how great those cities are, no matter how big the walls are, no matter what you're facing, no matter how big those giants are there, don't worry about it. God said you're going to get it. God said you're going to claim it. God said you're going to possess it. And then there was something in these two men's spirit that was just drawing them to this place and said, hey, I got to get to Jericho because there's a promise there. There's something here for me to possess. I don't know what it is about this land. Because they didn't. They were babes the last time they was there. They didn't know about the giants. They didn't know about all that was in the land. Only thing they remembered is for 40 years God doing miracles. For 40 years God feeding them and clothing them and providing for them. And their fathers going off to war and every one of them returning. That's all that they remembered. So when they got to the city, all Joshua had to say is, hey, There's promises that we're about to obtain. There's some cities that we're about to conquer. There's some souls in Middleton that we haven't reached yet that they're supposed to be here on those pews. There's some people there that are fighting depression. There's some people there that are fighting addiction. There's some people that are in the land. Don't worry about what they say. Don't worry about their threats. Don't worry about their walls. God said that we're going to possess it. That's all that they knew. So now we have Joshua and Caleb ready to take the army across. Because they were the ones that was faithful and said, God, we know and we trust and we believe. I truly feel tonight, I I believe within myself, if you'll stand with me. I believe that there are some people in the house tonight that have had their encounter with the gifts of God. I believe there are people in here tonight that have had visions. And they've had dreams. And I believe that they have had the the encounter to feel the the brush of angels' wings and and to even see angels. And it may have been... 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 38 years ago. But I believe we're back at this place one more time in your lifetime. Not to be like Moses. And just to look into the promised land and to see what God has for them. But I truly feel and I believe within, it may just be me. But I don't believe God brought us back to this place. To watch us die on the shore of the river or up on the mountain. Looking over at our promises. I believe, Brother Josh, that God has given you some things and you've seen some things and you've felt some things and God's given you word or He's, I, I don't know, but I believe that you've experienced it. And because of some things that you feel in your heart, it's what's keeping you from 
acting upon some of those things. And I believe that there are some young people in this place tonight that has callings on their life, that has anointings on their lives and giftings on their life, that you've encountered it and you've, you've seen it, you've tasted of those grapes, you've drank of those springs and the rivers. But because of some people that were spoke, spoke negatively, it's caused you to back away or to drop it. Who is he to share those visions? Who is he to testify of what he thinks God's going to do? Because if I can be honest with you, I don't feel like I deserve to be right here. If I can be honest with you, I don't think that I deserve this opportunity. But if I let what I felt, my emotion, then would we ever go and possess what God has for us? If I let all the voices in my life in 35 years... I can't really remember. I think I was 16 years old when I preached my first message here. And it wasn't even behind this pulpit. It was behind the other one. What was it, 18, Brother Jody? How was you? You were 16? So I was 14. Now, yeah, I was around 14 years old. And at 14 years old, if I'd led all the voices and everything that was trying to Every time I would go to school and I felt, man, we had awesome church. If I let those voices into my life, I wouldn't have encountered that those moments where God give me visions. There was ten people, ten people that detoured the children of Israel from possessing their gifts and anointings and callings and blessings and promises. Detoured them for 40 years and caused them to be lost and die without ever eating of those grapes, without ever drinking of those springs, without ever sleeping in those beds, without ever possessing what God had already spoken in their spirit and in their life, Brother Patterson. I believe that God has given people callings that they have laid down because they thought that they have disqualified themselves. But to my understanding, God's gifts are without repentance. His blood covers a multitude of sin. So every time I say that I'm unworthy or unqualified, and I say, God, I don't deserve this. Man, he's beating me up over this. I'm, I'm telling you. Because I have my own battles and my own struggles. I'm not going to air them out to you. It's none of your business. But one thing is I beat myself up so much for is I feel I'm so unworthy to possess all that God has tried to give me. I feel so unworthy because of things that, that to you might be so simple and minute, but to me they're mountains and giants. But I believe God has brought us to this river one more time, Brother Roy, because there's some promises that he spoke to you 30 years ago that you're still promised and it's still spoken to your spirit that you're supposed to possess and that you're supposed to conquer because Brother Wilbank said it this morning. He might have been 85 years old, but when Caleb got into his promises, he said, give me my mountain." Because there was something in him that wouldn't die. There was a vibration.
revelation, a drawing, a voice, a word that was spoken to his spirit that said, I cannot die here. I've got to possess it. I've had an encounter. I want to possess the calling. Because Jacob went back and he said, I've dreamed it. Now I want to experience it. There's an anointing in this house tonight that you've only dreamed about. That you've only encountered once or twice in your life. But there's something in your spirit that won't let you give it up. When everybody says you're not qualified to prophesy. When everybody else says you're not qualified to dream that. There's something in your spirit that won't let it go. Because it's the voice of God saying, I need you. Let there be. And it was God that drew the prophets. It was God that called Jacob. It was God that used Joshua. It wasn't the people of Israel that qualified him. It was God. Don't let the boys at school tell you that you, you're wild and you're crazy because you've had an encounter. It's time you, we possess it. You might have been babes the last time we were here, but this is your promise to possess. It's not for the next generation. It's for you. Joshua's, Caleb's, elders, I want to, let me pour my heart out to you. Brother Eddie, you're not too old. To possess those promises. Yes, you're not too far gone to be used in those gifts. Don't let the voices discourage you from speaking what God has spoken to you. Don't let those ten spies rob you of what God instilled in you. There's an anointing on you, young people, and there's a gift on you, elders. They can never possess it until you show it and release it. Because when they got back, they were no longer children. They were adults. They were men. They were women of faith. And they said, this is mine. This is my promise. This is my gift. But for 40 years, they watched their parents eat of the blessings. For 40 years, they watched them go and go back to the house of prayer. Knowing that they'll never possess the promises. Knowing that they'll never see the promised land. But they still went back to the the house of God and prayed. And every day, God's grace was enough that they still got to eat. But for you, for this generation. This is for you to possess. Sister Misty, there's still things that you've encountered, but God's saying, I want to give them. Brother Emery said it last week. It's time we step off in the water. Because the Bible says that when they stepped into the Jordan, the water's lifted. This is where I feel, and if I'm wrong, Brother Wilbanks, correct me. But I feel this is where we are. You've had the dreams. You've heard the voice. Now it's time we step into the water and go possess it.
Because there's something in me that won't let this go. There's something in me. I've been here before, but I cannot leave this time with just a vision and with just a dream. I desire it. If you felt like God has been stirring your heart in the past couple months, that God has been drawing you, been trying to use you, been calling you to prayer hours and days like you've never prayed before. That's the encounter. Brother Marlon, when I was praying over this and I was studying there, he said, don't stop praying. No matter what the spies say, you have, we, need, we need that revival. We need that prayer. No matter, don't let, don't let the words discourage us. Because they're going to try to hinder you. They're going to try to discourage us. Like, pray. Fast. Get to that altar. Get to that place. The same place where you encountered when you had your dream is the same place you're going to go to encounter God to possess those gifts. So if you feel like you've encountered Him before and you, there's something in you that won't let that go, I want to ask you to come. Because I believe God is wanting to do something in this house right now in this place. I'm, I'm no prophet. I've just got a word from God. I'm, no, I'm nothing special. I've just got a word from God. I'm not no great evangelist, but I got a word from God. <laughs> Sister Lynn, it's going to be all right. He spoke that to me. It's all going to be all right. After you spoke that into my life, you can ask Sister Kat. After you spoke that, it's been peace. Nothing but peace. Because you've been to that place before. You've heard that voice before. And you don't know, you didn't know the situation. You didn't know what he was encountering. But now that's possessing that gift. That's possessing that calling. That's possessing what God said, hey, I have this for you. In order for you to possess that gift or that calling, what you have to do is begin to walk in that place. Ben Green, the, the great the phys, the physicist, he said the only way string theory can be proven the only way that this theory can be relevant or the only way that they can prove it because we live in a three-dimensional world, the only way they can prove the theory of string theory that at our very core there's a vibration and strings that hold us together, the only way they can prove it is in ten dimensions. Can't do it in three. There's they even said that there's dimensions that we can't see. There's, there's greater things at work than we can comprehend. There is something in a different realm of dimension out there that we don't even understand. This, this isn't great prophets. This, this isn't apostles. This is scientists. This says, I don't know how to explain it, but there's something more in this, in this world that we live in. There's some things that we can't see that are here. And the only way to possess those things is to begin walking, stepping out in faith. Because I, the very first priest that stepped in the water, 
Could you imagine, Brother Josh, what that would have been like? The uncertainty, the unsettling, the, the how scared they might be. Because they was, they was fixing to step into some water that they couldn't swim in. They was fixing to step into a place that they couldn't swim there. They, they've never been there before. But God said, go. And the only thing they stepped out on was His Word. Tonight, this is what I feel my charge is. Step out on His Word. Brother Woolbanks began prophesying a couple weeks ago of, of giftings and callings and purposes. He give you a word. Now let's possess it. Right now all across this house, can we lift up our hearts and hands and begin seeking after that? Pursue after that calling. Pursue after that gifting. Come on, there's some people in this world that needs us. Come on, that's it. Come on, young people, you've had that encounter. Come on, that's it. You've experienced it. You've seen it. You've felt it. You've tasted it. Possess it. There's something in you that is unsettling. You can't find peace and comfort in this world. It's in the house of God. It's in His anointing. Possess it. Possess it. Possess that gifting. Come on, elder. Don't let those voices keep you, rob you from your calling and your blessing. Don't let, it, don't let them voices discourage you from walking in the realm of that dimension with God. Don't let their voices discourage you from speaking in, in the authority and wisdom of God. Come on, allow it to operate in you tonight. We pray today that this word has blessed you, ministered to the needs of your life. Until next time, God bless you.